Welcome to history. Hey everyone, this is Steve Guthrie and my co-host, Mr. Mark Turner. Um, hello, Mark. Hey, Steve. It's an honor to be here. I'm looking forward. we got a lot of great things ahead of us this season. Man, this is going to be cool. So this is our new podcast called A Checkered Past Podcast. We're doing a little bit of history about Greenville Pickens Speedway, area asphalt, and dirt racing. Yes, yeah, Steve. I mean, you know, this is going to be a program where it's going to cover everybody's interests. Like I say, we're going to get some dirt legends. We're going to get some asphalt legends. I mean, we're even going to take requests from fans on who they'd like to see this Man. season are here this season. I mean, this is the one we're going to make this a community thing. It's going to involve everybody in racing, not just drivers. We may get some crew chiefs, owners on here. I mean, we're just our fans, our listeners. You tell us what you want to hear this year, and we're going to try to work everybody in. I'm excited. A- absolutely, that's pretty awesome. Um, very thankful to have you come on and let's partner up and Miss Christy Pal- uh, Christy Smith Palmer come in and 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 take photos. And we've got somebody cool that we're going to be introducing here in a a moment to uh that's going to be in here on the, on the show with us weekly briefly too yeah steve i serves i was going to say what an honor it is for me i was sitting in martinsville working the modified race when you first sent me a message yes asked uh, me about this and i mean i was kind of blown away i was like is this you know where's is this a joke is this a candy camera <laughs> but no i mean really it's an honor for me to be here and like i say our first guest i mean it's we pulled a top name i mean yeah. we've definitely set the bar high with our first show and our first guest. And, Dale, I do want to thank you also for coming on being a part of this. I mean, you know, you're going to add an aspect to this that's important to the show as well. Well, just like you, I was blown away when I was asked. I wanted to bring in the heavy hitters. Um, I want this show to to be a success for us, um, all of us included. Um, not knowing the future of our famous Greenville Picking Speedway, um, Dale needs somewhere to to come and give a word so that was uh i mean that was christy actually had, had come up and 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 said that and as soon as she said that my mind started you know just rolling about what what i could do and well. and uh as many of you know that's part of greenville pickings well you um, know steve you say that first of all you know let's say dale you know want to thank you but steve really we all we all owe you a thank you Amen. as a community for what you've done as far as like trying to preserve history. I mean, not only are you out there racing, I mean, top-notch racer, but you're not just someone that shows up with a helmet in hand and leaves. You care about the history. You're trying to preserve the history. I mean, you know how long I've been around Greenville, but not near as long as you've been. Yeah. But, you know, I put blood, sweat, tears into Greenville, but as far as a Checker Pass podcast, this is your brainchild, your idea, and it's just more that you're doing or the racing community, and hopefully we'll raise awareness about Greenville's situation. But I personally just want to thank you on behalf of all the community and the racing and you trying to preserve history. I appreciate that, Mark. That means a lot. Um, it didn't hear to pat, pat me on myself on the back, but, you know, I, I really appreciate those words. Um, I love racing here. I love racing in the upstate. And, um, I mean, well, most of you know I've got – you know, myself, my dad, my two boys, and my grandfather have all won at Greenville Pickett Speedway. So the history is deep there with us, and um, uh, I really love the place. I used to joke around. I'd be like, well, here comes the Hendrick of Greenville Pickens <laughs> rolling in with all their cars. <laughs> well, Greg Porter comes over here and calls us, uh, he calls us the We the Winston Cup shops, what he says. So um, it's, it's pretty funny. It's kind of, you know, coming from Greg, you know, we, God knows what he's going to say. But, um, Man, this is awesome. A Checkered Pass podcast. Um, we hope to get it out there and uh, get plenty of listeners. Uh, I want to I I make things happen. I want to make some noise. Let's shake the bushes and get everybody listening into this. Like I say, I mean, we're just starting our first show, but we've already got a lot of community support. I mean, there's some sponsors Man. that have already stepped up that I'm sure you want to give a shout-out to. Absolutely. I am. I, I have been blown away at the, the backing that we've gotten you know the reach out of people you know our podcast page is well over 107,000 people reached and yesterday was seven weeks from launching that so that's freaking awesome but um first and foremost let's thank everyone here with us and thank the good lord above for for providing you know us life and 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 um like i say i want to thank our sponsors double alt injury lawyers uh come on 
he's uh he's our studio sponsor and then we got blair Addis over at auto bank auto bank and rv sales and services uh we have halls all hands on deck with robert hall everybody knows him around the racetrack the famous v6 driver Ooh. yeah woohoo um maccabee painting he, he's come on board uh morgan motor company uh he stepped up he's really been in my ear helping me a lot along the way with this uh just matthew's a good guy so it's matthew morgan over at morgan motor company and what gene's alternator uh, can't forget about kenneth <laughs> and gene stepping up too yes absolutely mm-hmm. got to thank those, those guys at gene's alternator for for coming on board um we got a little bit of backing from uh, Monster Energy this year, so that's going to be pretty pretty awesome. I'm still waiting on my, my free Monster Supply, by the yeah, way. That's on the way. Um, we broke news yesterday. Oh, let me mention one more right quick. Powdersville Collision, Blake Jeter. He's a young man that has started a auto collision repair here in Powdersville in our community. Uh, the young man, I went over and toured his shop and seen some of his work, and he does some amazing work to be... You know, 23, 24 years old. I'm I'm very proud of him. Yeah, I mean, speaking of a checkered past, I mean, the Jeter name. Yeah. It carries a lot of history with absolutely. Greenville Speedway in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, Brad Jeter, uh, former drag racer, went round track racing. So we're going to have him on at some point. Uh, love to hear Greg and – or love to hear Brad. I don't know if we could have a unedited – have a show with, with uh, Greg. That, that might be the after dark edition. <laughs> yeah. An additional 995. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, glad to have those guys on and thank all of them for coming on supporting us this year. It's been an amazing um, launch. And yesterday we put a deal together, or yeah, yesterday uh, we're going to be at NASCAR night here in Greenville at the Bon Secure Wellness Arena on um, January 28th, Saturday. So you come out about 4.30. We're going to have some of our race cars pass out some monster product. And um, we're going to watch a hockey game after all that's over, so it's a pretty cool deal. So what you say, we're going to go to a fight and a hockey game breaks out? Uh, yes. And that usually goes at hockey games? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, but you guys, you had mentioned Dale Tire. Dale, um, we, we wanted to bring Dale in to do like he does at the racetrack. He introduces everyone, um, or he comes in and, and, and introduces himself and comes in and says a, a word of prayer and... Um, Dale, we would like for you, like you do in our driver's meeting, you speak with us. Um, we would like for you to come in and bless us each week. So Absolutely. Thank and you I, for... I'm not here to beat anybody over the head with the Bible. I'm not going to preach to you. I just got a little message I'm going to share to make you get you to thinking for, till, for the next week. Absolutely. And uh, right before we get started with that, we have a black acid racing apparel has come on board and going to be the official apparel provider for yeah. for a Checker Pass podcast. Yeah, big shout out to Black Acid. I'm sure we'll be looking nice with our shirts and our hats provided by them with our Checker Pass podcast logo on them. I'm sure they're going to take care of us, and we'll make sure we take care of them this year. It's going to be a fun fun agreement working with them. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this. I, did, I, I was like a kid at Christmas last night um, getting to – into thinking about coming and recording this. So. Now, Steve, my, my first question for you would be, is at what point did you think it would be a good idea to put a microphone in front of me? Um, To be honest with you, I know you were up in the in the tower at Greenville Pickens sometimes, and and uh, believe it or not, some people did listen to you. <laughs> wow, that's news. I wish I'd known that then. <laughs> um, I know, you know, when Kerry took over, you know, he's been there, but you've, you've stepped in, and I'm sure you've done full seasons there, but... I listened to you and, and thought it, and, and then um, I really tossed the idea around inside of my head trying to figure out who do I want, you know, and I believe me and Christy talked about it, and she was like, Mark, and I was like, well, you know, heck, you know, that would be pretty cool, so. I can guarantee you one thing, there'll be some Broadway theatrics. Yeah. During yeah. this season. Yeah, and we might can even go out there on the front stretch and do a little theatrics, too. <laughs> I guess so, we'll do a little throwback. <laughs> but, um. Yes, I mean you. You've te- you, you've you've got the gift of gab, so you're gonna be good. You're gonna fit right in with us, and uh, you definitely gonna have some humor because you're a freaking nut. What little bit I've been around you, I agree. <laughs> I, I've been accused of that, sir. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little bit of fun. Um, yes. So, uh, Dale, if you don't mind, you. Ste- I, ste- I don't mind at all. 
and I had to write this down because there's no way in the world I could get through it. I'm so nervous, so I had to write it down so I could read it. I've got a little devotion for y'all today called Why Are Some Gifted? In Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Likely, most of you are missing some essential piece of becoming a great race car driver. Strength, determination, coordination, concentration, or perhaps just all the time that it would take to get each of these. With a lot of seat time and practice, you can definitely be a good driver, but lack the natural talent to be great. Perhaps you want to ask why. Why does someone get all these skills needed to be the very best? Some drivers are born with natural ability to drive a car with precision at high speeds. David Pearson, Jeff Gordon, Tim Richmond, and Butch Lindley all had it. Don't be mad at me for not including Dale Earnhardt Sr. in this group. His expertise in driving a race car, in my opinion, came from sheer determination. Early in his career, he had to win on Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights to pay back money he had borrowed to get to the racetrack that week. He also developed the win-at-all-cost attitude later, which attracted many fans and turned some against him including me but calculate as we will we cannot come up with a formula for God's purposes in the same way that you will probably never find yourself among the world's best race car drivers you almost surely will never make it to Formula One IndyCar or NASCAR Cup Series still you can give a friend a driving tip that changes his or her lap times for the better and you can still offer an amazing statistic or story that gets your friends thinking we cannot unlock the mysteries of the universe, but humbly we can share the wonders of the one who can. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We will never know this side of heaven why some people are blessed with natural talent and others are not. Why it is some win with ease while others continue to make the same mistakes every time they strap in. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for racing. Thank you for blessing us by letting us be born in an area where the history of racing is so deep. Thank you for allowing me to be part of this podcast where the main goal is to tell the stories of a checkered past of racing in this part of the country. Please be with us all this year. Let, us, let this broadcast bring back old memories to our listeners. Let each of the guests remember their stories with ease and be with them as they share them with us. Let us have a good, safe year of racing wherever that may be. Racing is a dangerous sport for everyone involved. Things can go wrong at any time. Parts can break or someone can make a mistake, causing situations where someone can be hurt or even killed. If any of y'all died today and do not know for sure that you would go to heaven, please contact me. I will take the Bible and show you how you can be certain that your soul is safe and that you will not spend eternity in hell. Even, even though you may have a checkered past, I can show you how you can have a victorious future. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dale. We greatly appreciate having you on. Yeah, thank you, Dale. You are welcome. So our guest segment today is brought to you by uh, Morgan Motor Company, uh, proudly serving the upstate for, with used cars for over 60 years. Um, our guest today is Marty Lindley. Uh, Marty, who's in here with us, uh, we appreciate you coming in and hanging out and talking a little bit with us. Yeah, man, appreciate you inviting me on pretty excited um being our first first show first season with our, our new show so we're going to we want to bring out the big guns right off the bat and we, we think you a, a big gun yeah i mean you know well-known name in this area i mean well-known name at greenville pickett speedway i mean you got a lot of things going on up there in the charlotte morsel area now with junior motorsports and we appreciate you taking the time because we know you don't have many off weekends left we appreciate you taking time to come down and talk to us yeah man i'm glad you and invited me to listen uh sometimes i guess this is the first show um for you guys but uh you know all the racing stuff y'all have in here is cool really cool glad to be here yeah it's uh i was speaking with you before it was we got some pretty cool pictures and like i say got the pictures of your dad's doors on the wall there uh our buddy tommy galloway brought them to us uh so it's pretty cool to have uh got a lot of people that talk highly of your dad and we'll dabble a little bit into that if you don't mind uh, we'd like to start out with him and then lord knows we want to hear about your career because you uh seem to be climbing that ladder 
Yeah, yeah. Anything you guys want to talk about? I'm, well, I'm, well, Marty, I know we brought it up earlier, but, you know, we're going to talk about your dad. I mean, everybody obviously knows his career, and they know what happened. And like I was saying earlier, you know, I'd read that article that night, so apparently you you were the one that took the phone call the night of the, the wreck. Will you just tell us about that? I did. Um, there was a crew member. Uh, his name is Grady Deaton. Um, Grady's been around a while, and, and uh, of course, I was a little kid. Uh, I think I was 12 years old, and the phone had rang that night, and uh, I'd answered the phone in my mom and dad's room. It's, you know, and... Uh, I was staying there with my grandparents would come over a lot and and uh watch us for the weekend my sister and and uh mother had made the trip to bradenton and um but yeah he called me that night and and told me that uh my dad had been in a accident and he had a little bit of a headache uh that's all he really would tell me but um you know we to get my grandmother or grandfather on the phone and and uh come to find out it was it was a lot worse than that and uh, so basically they flew the family down um there was a guy named sonny dice that he was a businessman i'm not sh- i don't know a whole lot about him but on them cars that had dice on it he had a private plane and uh he was involved in the 1985 season with frankie grill and my dad and um, he had fl- he had sent his jet and flew the family down because they didn't expect him to live through the night. But um, that's pretty much how I got started. Well, so with that being said, I want to I want to rewind. What what got what got Butch Lindley into racing? So the best thing that I can remember, he had a Morris uh, Minor. Do y'all remember those cars? And uh, I seen videos of them. I didn't, I don't know much about the cars, but they raced at um, Speedway Park some, and uh, there's another uh, racetrack up in North Carolina they raced a lot. I can't, I can't recall the name. I need my mother. She's really sharp at all that stuff. Weren't there a track in Cleveland? Echo Valley, Echo Valley Speedway, I believe. I believe Bill Morgan told us yeah it could have been could have been uh there for sure but he got started and um you know i think he was a natural fit for it he he, uh, at least the races that i was around and you know watching him um i tell this a lot he just never lost if we go to the racetrack and we'd always win and that the that I was telling you earlier that you know he didn't take any trophies the last five years of his career because our house was full of them. Wow! And uh, so that's that's what I remember. That's what sticks out about my dad the most. Um, if you it's talking about racing, it's so um, it's so cool to hear. Like I, I was telling you earlier, uh, we hear Butch Lindley all the time. You know, everybody around Greenville talks, and I've never ever one time heard anything but everything was always good about him and uh he's he's well respected and i'm still loved you know by many in the area it's kind of amazing that you know he's he's passed away over what 30 years now and for sure you know uh any social media site that i'm involved in or go on um i'm seeing pictures every day of my dad which is really neat for me i mean it's not a day that i can't go by and and flip through uh any of them and and catch a picture of him and there's a lot of people out there now that's you know that's really pushing uh maybe one day we'll see him get in the hall of fame and in charlotte i would love to see that he deserves it yeah no doubt yeah yeah i believe you've got a picture on facebook to your cover picture i believe that was a galaxy that he was in wasn't his first car yeah um that's actually um i posted that picture on a few days ago and um so there's a guy named Jim Pullman. He's a crew chief at Junior Motorsports. He just come from RCR, and I uh, just met him. And out of the blue, he sends me this guy's um, name. I'd have to go back and look through my phone to see who it is. But he sends me a picture, and it's a it's it's the same car, but it's painted up different. And they I haven't spoke with him yet, and they claim that that's the same car. So it's what I was telling you earlier. I'm going to do some investigating and find out and see, you know, ask around and and uh try to get some pictures of it and put some pictures up it of it and see if um you know anybody recognizes it because it you know it's is his first car and and uh so you just don't know but there's a chance it might be that would be pretty cool and you know i was telling you 
you know, of course, we've got that car that was your dad's. Um, I'm going to reach out to Mark Martin and see if I can get in touch with Ray Dillon. You know, I would like to have another, if there's any way, I'd like to have another one of those plates made for the identification number. You know, when you eventually take the car from us, I'd like to have that plate, you know, before Ray, because Ray's on up there in age. I'd love for you to have that, right. you know, to, to put with the car. I mean, I know that could be remade, but, you know, to get it from actual Ray Dillon would be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I was there when they were finishing that car up and watched them hand letter the doors on it. I was just a kid and uh, met Mark. Um, his shop was uh, directly across the street from Ray's and, and, uh, Gosh, I can't. That was that was 1980 or 1981, um, and uh, went on to the racetrack, and he won the first night out in it. So um, knew that car. Um, it's funny. It's funny because after he switched, he my dad went from running All Pro to late model sportsman, or it was it was the last year of the. It was called Bud, Budweiser Grand National Series, mm-hmm. and then it became the Bush Series. Right after that, but I can remember he was um, he was driving a car for uh, Emmanuel Savakis in 1982, and he drove a car for Kerry Bottenhammer in 1983. And Bob Harmon, he was a promoter for the All Pro Series, really good promoter, probably the best race, short track racing promoter that um, we've known. He's responsible for so many big races, so many drivers. You know, he would always have Rusty or Mark or Bobby or Davey. All the old guys would always run a lot of his races. And Uncle Bob. Yeah. Called him Uncle Bob. Yeah. And he, he made a deal with my dad to come back and start running um, uh, all pro series. And I guess he started in 1984 and he went to drive for, or 1983. And he went to drive for uh, Frankie Grill. And, mm. uh, I can remember having to hey, get one of them Dillon cars because I remember he, you know, the 1981 when Ray building that car, he won the All American 400 in it. He won a, a majority of the ASA races that he went up north to run in it, and he he cleaned up with all you know with all the greats. And um, so I've had a couple conversations with Mark about that car, about the races, about that um, time and racing, and uh, yeah, Mark definitely knows a lot about it. Oh, yeah. Mark um, commented on his podcast when he was doing that Dylan deal about running without a right rear spring. Yeah. Your dad never tried any of that that you know of, do you? No, he just had so much wedge and so much left side weight in the car. It just didn't need – it just hold itself up. So. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, being around racing, I have a hard time imagining that, but that was a pretty cool deal. Yeah. Um, actually, a guy named Banjo Grimm, he was one of Mark's lead mechanics – he is in the Charlotte area. He he's works with a truck team now, but I'd spent um, two or three years at a place called Turner Scott Motorsports. And Banjo was the groundskeeper, shop foreman uh, guy there, and, and uh, catching up with him and hearing so many Mark stories. And, of course, he had a lot of stories of my dad. And, and uh, so, yeah, just uh, heard a lot about it and remember a lot about it. That's pretty cool. You know, um, you talk about, you know, his cars being restored and, you know, like replica cars being made. I was at GMS when they did that Hickory Motor Speedway reunion when Mike Beam and them unveiled the restored car. What does what does moments like that mean to you when you see stuff like that and, and people going and doing projects like that? I mean, it does. It makes you proud. Like, you know, especially, you know, when people go to that amount of effort to um, – create something that they were a part of and you know i get to see it my son gets to see it you know it's 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 special for my mom to see it and then you know all the social media sites as much as attention as he still gets till this day you know i guarantee i could open my phone right now and within five minutes i could find a picture on somebody's site that i don't even know and Mm -hmm. uh so i think that's real neat it's it's a it's a great way for people to honor him it you know it makes me proud every time i see it and i yeah, appreciate people doing it you know yeah. i guess my question would be is you know obviously you grew up you know your early years with butch racing i guess my question would be is what made you decide that you wanted to be in the sport and then once you did did you get any like flat from your mom did she like try to discourage you because of what happened to your dad no not really um I think she was a little bit nervous um, of me racing. Um, 
probably the worst accident she's seen me have. We were we were racing the All Pro race and uh, Huntsville, Alabama. No, a Hooter. I'm sorry, a Hooters Pro Cup race, and it was the straight real cars and and. Uh, this was 1996, and and uh, so I was finishing up my time at Greenville Pickens. I didn't have a lot of the engines and stuff like that, and and I was actually very fortunate. I won my second Hooters Pro Cup race at Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, I beat a guy named Freddie Query on the last lap to to do it. And um, so this is two weeks later, and uh, so that motor was timed out. In other words, it needed to go back and be refreshed and rebuilt. And back then, you know, I only had one of them, and it, you know, it take it would take them two or three weeks to get it turned around. And so the the Hooters official let me run my. I, we, I had a little 311, 311 cubic inch motor that Keith Dorton built me that I run the last year that I raced at Greenville Pickens. And um, so he he talked me into running it, and it just for some reason it wasn't it wasn't what we needed it just it the it didn't fit right with a with a rules package at hooters so to make a long story short we were running mid-pack just not doing very well with it and uh so i had an accident with freddie query and uh freddie would uh was racing for a championship was a lap down got his lap back and uh, Freddie was passing me going back through the field and, and got loose up underneath of him and hit me in a door where there's an opening coming across the racetrack at Huntsville, Alabama. Well, I hit, in that, I hit in that opening and Red, and Freddie hit the inside wall. When I hit, it, my car got upside down in the billboards. So my mom's mm-hmm. in the stands watching it, right? And um, didn't hurt me. it didn't hurt me. Uh, it was a pretty bad wreck. It totaled Freddie's car. It totaled that car. Uh, it was a pretty spectacular wreck. So uh, I guess the worst injury I got it from Jody Ridley's brother, Biddle. I mean, everybody ran from the pits over there because it was a big wreck. And, you know, I'm hanging upside down in the car, and he released my seatbelts and pile-drive my head in the oh, top boy. of the car. So that was the worst of that wreck. So, But, yeah, uh, Mom was really supportive of, supportive of my racing career the whole time. Uh, never really had a whole lot of bad wrecks, but she did experience that. That got her wound up a little bit. I, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Well, what started your racing career? Did you did you start straight out in late model at Greenville? No, actually, um, Big Daddy, everybody, Bill Terry, everybody known as Big Daddy. He had a uh, gosh, uh, old Pinto, and uh, he had invited me down to. Uh, I think Bill Bill was uh, driving at Summit Anderson, and he invited me down to. Um, to drive it so I, we drove it and he talked me into racing it and i raced it one time at, at anderson and um right directly after that uh there was a guy i don't i don't know if many people remember there was a there was a guy a racer named steve grissom i'm uh, sure you do but a lot That's of people part of the alabama game yeah a lot yeah. of people don't remember him well his he always had run all pro with my dad frankie grill always built his cars and he was he was running the Xfinity series back then, and he had some of his old All Pro cars, and uh, they just encouraged me to come get one of his cars and a motor and come get it and start racing. So, about the 1992 season, uh, that's what we did. We put that car together and and raced it a few times at Greenville, and that's kind of how it got started. I always thought it was fitting the 116. That was when, when you did. I, well, that's what you won your. 95 championship right no actually it was 16 at greenville pickens the the 116 um number come about because y'all remember hal goodson he was always number 16 in a hooter series so instead of me completely changing my number i just put a one on the end of it and uh, that's where it come from okay yeah i've got a picture that i I found and it was it might have been in alabama or somewhere it wasn't greenville but i seen the 116 but for some reason i was thinking you run that at greenville as well but I do. Rem- I remember seeing the car growing up as a one sixteen. That was that was a pretty cool deal. Yeah, you know, speaking of Hooters Pro Cut, when I started working for the series in '04, you know, you were there. You were there then. You know, I think during that time you ran for Hawkins and you actually ran a Hooters sponsored car. But I'm pretty sure I was at the last race you won. Was that what 08 at Bristol when you were in that Ricky Benton car? Was uh, that the last race you won? Yep, that's the la- that's yeah. one of the last Hooters races I or car race I ever raced. Um, that was actually in 2006. Mm-hmm. It uh, um, the August race in Bristol um, won that um, that night, and I think I run one more race after that at, at Iowa Speedway for Ricky Benton and. Um, 
that was it. Yeah. So I was lucky. As I said, when I got in, you were still there racing, so I did get to see you race because, you know, by the time I got to Greenville, you'd already moved on from Greenville, but I did get to see you racing Hooters Pro Cup. And one more story I'll tell real quick is when you were with GMS, you know, you were driving back and forth, you know, right. from here up there. And I would see you, what, two or three mornings? Yeah. Awake at the QT there in Lyman. Yeah. I'd keep a count of how many times I seen Marty <laughs> at 4.45 in the morning. Yeah. I thought, Marty, you headed to GMS? He'd be like, yep. I said, well, I'm headed to Whitaker Chevrolet. Mm. <laughs> We'd go on about our way. But, yeah, I used to see you there in the QT in Lyman. Yeah, I still see a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, the people that I see in the morning um, that, you know, that I recognize or that I knew, that I know, and, and I still do that till the day. Every once in a while, I'll run into somebody early. But... Yeah, you can catch me on 29 about 5 a.m. every morning, usually going to work. Are you still driving back and forth? A lot of times I do. Yeah, I, yeah um, I don't know why. It's probably going to change a little bit next year. My son is a senior at Clemson in the engineering school. Uh, he's going to do an internship for junior this year as a uh, junior engineer. And uh, probably going to get a house or something up there. So probably look for me stay a couple nights a week. Um, but I just never, you know, I always had a young daughter here, and, you know, I, I always thought for myself if, if I could be the one to choose where I wanted to work and live where I wanted to live, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I know. I was telling Steve earlier, the first time I remember meeting you was 2002. They did a NASCAR night. at the It was the Bilo Center then. And, I mean, it was you were there. I think Jason Keller was there, Shane Hall, and Mike Bliss. I mean, that's the first time I met you. In fact, one of these cards on this – table i know people can't sleep when these cars on this table was the one i got that night from you but i remember that's the first time i remember meeting you or talking to you was that night yeah i think i remember bits and pieces about it uh, about back then um doing all that stuff it was fun i wish you know wish the driving career for myself would last a little bit longer was really close to to making it having a deal a full-time deal with uh richard childress um it was between me and clint boyer and um the 2003 season, I did some testing for RCR, and I run actually run a, a bush race for them at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and thought really I had a deal with them to split the season with Kevin Harvick. Y'all remember the Reese's 29 car, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Xfinity, and and uh, Clint Boyer ended up getting it, um, but I don't have any regrets. Um, I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, moving up the ladder, working with the young drivers and, and uh, you know, crew chief and these young kids and, you know, enjoyed my time with Kyle Busch Motorsports, uh, crew chief and him the last couple of years at these truck races. That was a different experience, but it was a fun experience. Um, but, yeah. How did you transition from, from driver in 06 to crew chief, crew member, whatever? So, um, basically, a short story is I, I started, there was a uh, race team that – Bobby Ginn on this race team. Uh, he owned, it's like three cup cars. Regan Smith, had, they had an Xfinity car that Regan Smith drove. <clears throat> well, my first job in Charlotte, I went there as a plate guy to set there. Basically, I set the cars up. And uh, that place went out of business uh, pretty fast. I don't even think it made it the whole 2007 season, and he was having financial woes. And I think DEI stepped in and bought it, uh, the, be- the building, and... But after that, I went to work for Jack Roush, and um, I did Ricky Stenhouse's ARCA deal in 2008. And uh, Roush shut the ARCA, his ARCA program down then, and they moved me straight to the cup shop. And, and I was with uh, Greg Biffle from 2009 to 2000, in the 2011 season with his cup, with his cup car. That reminds me. I, I remembered you being at Roush. Uh, she and I went to Martinsville one year in Rodney Fetters. Yep, Rodney. He were he. He was our Jack man. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I, or got right out of high school, he he worked here in Greer okay. at a trucking company, and he was my second shift boss man. So I bumped into him at Martinsville, and I told him I said, "Well, you know, didn't really know you personally." I said, "Well, we, you know, I know a Marty," and he he kind of turned around and he said something to you or whatever, but you know about us, but. He was more interested in my wife standing there than he was talking to me. Like the entire conversation, yeah. I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm over here." Yeah, it sounds like Rodney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he was he's a, a character for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I remember those, but I remember you like during the the K and N East years. I mean, you were very successful. Yeah, in that time, in those years. I mean, that's. I mean, I know that you. To me, that's like when you you became in pro, you know like a top 
a top crew chief was in because, I mean, your drivers were winning. They were winning championships. I mean. Yeah, that was a lot of fun yeah. for sure. And, and how that got started at the end of 2011, I was just really, I was burnt out. Um, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't enjoy my job. I didn't enjoy racing as much as I did. It's just, you know, we, <clears throat> you, you traveled on Thursday, you you went through, you practiced Friday and Saturday qualified and you raced Sunday and some of the times you were back at work on Monday and back traveling again on Thursday and it just eat up so much time and lost contact with a lot of people just because all we did was race and I stayed in Charlotte most of the time and um, you know so I decided then um, that I was going to get involved with more like what I was used to um, and I went to work for Rev Racing and uh there was a young kid named Kyle Larson that come in to Rev Racing the first year and uh, helped with Kyle a lot at Rev Racing and uh, a guy named Brian Ortiz raced there. There's several drivers. There's three. I can't remember all the guys, but where that led to was they started a uh, – Steve Turner started a uh, five-team uh, K&M program the next year in 2013, and I was responsible for a kid named Dylan Kwasniewski. He was the rock star kid from Las Vegas, and um, it was a new, it was probably the biggest deal. Even I, I'd been where I'd been at Roush and all that stuff, but I was a crew chief, and it was it was probably the first time that you know you have to win, um, you know, uh, there's or you're not going to make it. Um, so I got to meet them. Dylan was the 2012 K&N West champion. Um, he had a lot of um, uh, I'd say juice behind him. A lot of people noticing him. Kid had tremendous amount of talent, and uh, so we got started off. And and uh, the you remember when they raced the uh, K&N cars on the back stretch at Daytona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bash at the beach. Yeah, yeah. So it went okay. He got he got involved in a wreck. We showed a you know we it was all brand new cars. Um, so we didn't we crashed that event. Well. Uh, the next event was Bristol, and uh, we went and he won the race. He dominated the race and won the race. And the next two events of all places were uh, the next one was, was Greenville Pickens, and the next one was Richmond, Virginia. Well, of all places at Greenville, we struggled. Went lost, went a lap down, didn't run very well. Went to Richmond, same thing, got in a wreck, didn't run very well. Well, you know, it's we'd won one race, and things weren't clicking like they needed to be so we decided to uh we took off and went test and went to bowman gray spent a day at bowman gray because we had an upcoming race there and uh went to uh caraway speedway and tested and from the about midday of the uh caraway test it's like a light switch went off we we were figuring some stuff out and uh i think we won the rest of the races that year but one he went on to win the championship and had a lot, a lot of great drivers uh, since then. Um, one of my favorite drivers that I had in the Canaan was a guy named from Easley here named Kyle Benjamin. I really, not a lot of people know Kyle Benjamin around the Greenville Pickens area, but I'm telling you, in my opinion, the most talented race car drivers come from this area to till today. You know, I'm not talking about my dad. I'm not talking about, but I'm just talking about the young kids. A person that had a legit shot of making it. He he had he had the stuff to make it. Yeah, I remember Kyle. I remember seeing him come in and run the E stuff and the tour and stuff. Yeah, he was he was a hot shoe. I mean, he was on the way up for sure. So I spent some spent a couple of years with him um, doing that. We won a lot of races. Won some uh, Canon races at Greenville Pickens with him, and that was a lot of fun. And I spent a season, one of my most favorite seasons, I spent a, a season at Turner Scott with a K&N program in 2015 with a, uh, a kid named Rico Abreu. And uh, if many people don't know Rico, he's, a, he's a, a very talented sprint car driver, but he's a small person. So we had to fit him in the car and and uh, was able to win with Rico. Had, I mean, still to the day, most fun I had in racing in a long time. Rico was a great personality. Um, him and Kyle Larson were best buddies. So I spent a lot of time with Kyle. It's, you know, Kyle was making a big effort to try to help him. And and uh, so... Is I he mean, still in the racing today as far as 
Rick, just being involved? He is. I mean, he runs his uh, sprint car probably 80 times a year. So Wow. Yeah. he's. I think, the, when is the Chili Bowl? Is it Chili Bowl is next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. So he'll be a... He'll be a contender to win the Chili Bowl. He's won it twice before. Um, Pretty cool. So yeah, he won the the K N. It was Columbus. He did it was Columbus where yeah. he got one right. Yeah. yeah. Now since we brought that up, now I was not like working for the series then, but you know I was in there. Y'all had to do some modifications, like with the pedals and stuff. It, it was. You want to explain? It was. Going on the details on that. So <clears throat> it was it was neat to how it mm-hmm. come about, but. Basically, if anybody is familiar looking in a race car, you have a dash bar that the steering wheel mounts to, the dash mounts to it, um, and then the pedals are, are, are mounted off that bar and off the firewall. Well, well, we had to move Rico's pedals all the way inside, and they, they swung off the dash bar. Wow. Yeah. And uh, all the master cylinders, brake stuff was all inside, and... Um, we, we did a really good job. Uh, you know, we had to get all approved through NASCAR, um, got all the approval. And I think um, even the next year, he went to drive for Thor Sport in a truck series, and, and they come to our shop and pretty much copied what we did. And, and uh, he was really good. I mean, he could have made it. I mean, it's, it's all about timing in a sport and, um, you know, f- the financial backing has to be there. And, but he definitely had the talent um, to be a contender in it, uh, for sure. And, and he's a hot shoe in the, the outlaw cars. If you follow it, he wins a lot. Yeah. I'm sure he, he fits up, fits that style like an outlaw car pretty good because, it, you know, if you've ever looked in one of those cars, they're pretty daggum little. Yeah, it's, you know, had a did some ARCA races with Kevin Swindell, and everybody knows what Kevin happened to Kevin. So basically what happens – most sprint car drivers the seat sits right over top of the rear axle well when kevin had his accident it, it fell so far from the ground it drove the rear housing into the uh, bottom of his seat wow. and broke his back and uh so with rico he sits he sits forward of the rear end housing so it's a lot he fits in them a lot better than most i don't um I don't think I could ever be brave enough to sandwich in one with that drive shaft right there. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's to go watch them in person. It's uh, you know, to watch, you know, I may I I, I would go see a sprint car race, um, with Rico at Volusia County. Then he would come over to New Smyrna and drive our K and N car, and observing both races, just watching the sprint car races, it, it's it's so much faster and so much, um. It made what we do look easy, but you know, it's it it's all the same. It's it's all a technique and learn how to drive them and and uh, but it's definitely uh, they put on a great show. Yeah. Speaking of your wins, now you were crew chief and Sam when he won at Bristol. Yeah, um, I know kind of all over the place with all these different uh, guys. Um, so removed on from Kyle Benjamin, had him in 2016, 2017. Uh, at a place called MDM Motorsports. In the 2017, I met Sam Mayer. So we did probably three or four races with him. No, I'm sorry, this is the end of 2018 because I it, I was still at MDM Motorsports. I was doing a full ARCA deal with Zane Smith and met Sam and uh, Lauren Rainier, got him Lauren Rainier. Uh, he handled sam and his family and kind of guide him along so they had us move from mdm motorsports to gms racing in 2019 so i spent two years at gms racing with sam and uh yeah we we won the, the first year we won the canon uh east championship with him and uh the next year he was uh we run a uh for that suchi uh, short track challenge, challenge yeah, yeah won that with sam yeah. and then and then also won the and east again with him at sam and was able to win 13 races with him in two years and and i guess three championships so uh race tie gibbs that's where the arrival if you if anybody knows about that's where it started between sam and ty and uh so that was a lot of fun and and then from then on uh I, kyle bush called me and I went to crew chief one a, uh, a truck for the 51 truck for the last two years at KBM and did a handful of races. I did 10 races with Kyle and did a race with Martin Truex and um, 
I did a did a lot. Spent a most of my majority of this year racing with Corey Heim. Yeah. And and uh, your first race with Kyle was the Snowball Derby, right? The yeah. Kyle at the Snowball Derby. Yeah. I just had started there. I met him in Concord. Didn't really know him. Um, he said, "Hey, meet me here. I want you to go to Snowball with me." get on my plane so i so i'm the first one on the plane and here comes samantha brexton and kyle and so we flew down to the snowball and i kind of went as an observer just to kind of see how because his late model uh program was not really going too well uh, once i got to kbm and they was uh so went and watched that race and he didn't really run that great i think he finished 10th maybe um just it was a struggle the whole weekend and then we started truck racing with him and the plan was was to find somebody to come in and run his late model program um i actually worked on his cars for a little bit took josh berry to orange county we spent a day at orange county uh felt like that um we got it back going and i don't know that he thought brexton was gonna start racing like he did when he as early as he did so uh they brought uh brexton the little wing go-kart that they run at millbridge and um, really that just took all of kyle's attention from the late model stuff all to brexton i mean if if kyle's not racing he's usually with brexton somewhere they race all over the place i mean if there's a cup race they find a, a go-kart race or a, out whatever they little cars are called somewhere where brexton can race every weekend the quarter midgets yeah quarter midgets that what brexton's in uh, I don't or know if it's a quarter midget. It's I don't micro know. sprint maybe. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Is um is is Kyle? Is he as big of a handful as he seems to be on TV? Yeah, he's Kyle is definitely. Uh, you know, I'd tell him if he was here. Um, he he is. He's as advertised. I mean, he's a nice guy, and he he will do the right thing. Um, uh, very talented. Everybody knows he's a very talented racer. Um, had a lot going on in his life here over the last year or so with, you know, departing Joe Gibbs Racing, departing Toyota. That was the biggest thing for myself mm-hmm. was seeing Toyota uh, being present with him for over 10 years and the success. You know, they won 98 races with Toyota. They didn't get the 100th win in the truck series with Toyota. So that was, a, that was you know, we tried hard. We won 18 races at KBM in the last two years, but we just – we were too short of getting it. And uh, – I never really imagined when I took that job that you would have seen Toyota and Kyle split up, especially as successful as the truck series were. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think he'll do well where he's at. He's really motivated right now. He's really involved with his son's racing. But, yeah, he's uh, really – we run 10 races together and had a chance to win every single race, but really Charlotte. We had a tough time at Charlotte, and, you know, I seen the real Kyle Busch that night, and – wasn't all the car that was it was pit crew related it was it was just it was a bunch of different things that we had going on but you know we worked through it and went to the the next race i had with him was sonoma and we won it so um how does how does a person adapt or 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 not take it personal when he's he just kind of got to know going in i mean you know kyle's uh he would be in the shop a lot and you know he's he's the type of person if he's got something on his mind he's gonna have blinders on and he's gonna go right to whatever he's thinking or working on and you may not speak to him and then yet the week of the race you know i would speak to him more through either text or or a phone call or uh you know where, where are we gonna pit on pit road what was our pit uh pick like and stuff like that but he's uh you know some people some people, it you know, can't take it, and then but you just got to know who he is. I mean, he's the same to everybody. It's not, it's not just one person. It's just who he is, and, and he's just I, passionate about what he does. Yeah, he is. He's very serious. He's very straight on. You know, he's not. He's not one. You're not going to sit in the shop, and you know, you're not going to bench race with him a whole lot. You know, that's he's he's always he's so busy and got stuff going on all the time. He's He's from one problem to the next or one task to the next. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So you've had all this success at KBM. You know, you got the truck team going. So how do you go from KBM to the junior deal? Well, um, so 
how it got started was Josh Berry was needing a crew chief and um, uh, Mike Bumgardner was Josh's crew chief this year and he was going to take another role within Junior Motorsports where it left the opening. So I talked to Josh for a while and, and that was kind of the direction that that was going to head and you know I didn't know uh, you know I didn't know if Corey Hine was coming back I didn't know what was going to happen with Kyle we were kind of waiting for that domino to fall to see because I felt like I'd had so much time invested with Corey Hine over the last two years that he would have been a, a legit contender for the championship with the trucks this year because this was going to be his first full-time year and I, I felt like that all the work that we had put in over the last two years with him um, Corey didn't drive that much in uh, 2021 but um, a lot of people uh, racing now is all simulation so Toyota had a simulator uh, I chose Corey as he was my sim driver for two years so Corey was setting his trucks up from the seat. Um, we were making the changes in the simulator, and I just built a great relationship with him. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I couldn't really give Josh an answer. And you know, I, as the the Toyota and the KBM deal started, deal started to fall apart, and and Corey is a, was already signed with Toyota and was going to have to go somewhere else. And then. You know the things that Junior started getting uh, more serious, and um, you know that's how it ended up. And you know I didn't end up on the one uh, on the eight car this year with Josh, but you know uh, had such a great relationship and had two successful years with Sam Mayer, and um, we decided to go that route, and and that's where I'm at now. That's that's a pretty cool deal, you know, having familiar a familiar driver you get to to be with it would have been cool to see you with josh josh is a pretty successful driver too and yeah i had some a lot of fun i've raced a um i built a late mall stock car for kyle benjamin uh back in 2000 i think it was 18 and we brought it to greenville pickens twice and uh he qualified on the pole with it um both times and it was just it wasn't in my mind, it wasn't going to be a contest. Um, the car was just had so much speed um, than the rest of the field, and and he never won in it. The first night, I think he he got wrecked the very first lap um, in it, and then the second night he was passing Colby Howard, and they wrecked on a backstretch, and it wiped it out twice. and And we built it back, and we took it to Martinsville, and uh, we had a we had a flat tire, and he was gonna have a real good night at Martinsville in it that night. And at that time, Sam Mayer was driving Junior Motorsports. Um, Josh wasn't Xfinity racing. They were it was a two team late model team. And um, the next year, I knew we were starting with Sam at GMS Racing. And so I hired Josh. We were going. This is right before COVID. Look, we're going to get. We're going to take Sam, and we're going to go to Pensacola. We're going to go to New Smyrna. We're going to go to Salem. We're just going to get and we're going to go test. And I hired Josh to go along with us. We had two cars. Um, we had one. We had them both outfitted with data. We would get Josh. Uh, he would shake them down, get them going, get them handling, and then we would put Sam in them and just match all the data. And that's how I met um, Josh. And I, and I talked Josh into I said, hey, man, I built this late model car. And I knew Josh was racing his late model. I said, you ought to take a look at it. Let, let's, let's work on it a little bit. So... We worked on Josh's late models about three years ago a little bit, and um, I went to a handful of races with him and really become best friends with him. Uh, you know, really talk to him almost every day still. Um, he's not racing the late model near as he used that he used to be, but had a lot of fun with him racing, and, and uh, man, we won a lot of races, or he has for sure, um, and we did that. and. So I'm pretty proud of that, uh, helping him with his late model program, because I feel like it, you know, the races that he's won and, um, you know, it almost, I tell people, in all honesty, it kind of reminds me of my dad. Uh, he just doesn't, if you think back, when he's in a car, he doesn't lose. No, he's, we were at the Martinsville race the other year that it seemed, I think he led every lap, it seemed like. I mean, the, the only, the, 
a couple races that he's lost. Ty Majeski's beat him a, a couple times at Florence, and mm-hmm. Florence hasn't been one of the better racetracks. Um, I went with him at Florence um, the first year after Ty um, beat him. We went to this icebreaker race, and we won it. And uh, so um, I, had, I don't get to go to a lot of races. You know, I wouldn't definitely take no credit um, away from Josh. I mean, there's no doubt Josh is – probably you know he's been in them cars for 10 years there's no doubt i don't know that you could name one person that drives them cars no better than he does and uh so you know being a part of that and uh watching him win all these races the national championship the martinsville races all Mm -hmm. these big he's won every all the big money um uh, car store races that i know of so it's it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars that he's won in a slate model in the last two or three years so he's definitely been on fire yeah he just picked up fifty thousand at southern national for the thanksgiving classic picked that up yeah but um going back to you marty obviously you're one of the top crew chiefs in the sport i mean you can go from a late mall to a truck to an xfinity what is the biggest challenge for you as far as keeping up with the technology and staying ahead and staying at the top where you are so even going from spending the last two years at um with kbm uh, to juniors is basically everything is simulation now so um, what I mean by that is everything is run through um, all the cars are measured and, and how to read sim and uh, the Toyota sim compared to the Chevrolet sim is so much different uh, so I spent my first two or three weeks nothing but in front of a computer going through all of their setups uh, running their sim um, and it's it, you know it, it, it looks different on screen you gotta it, it's it gets you to the same point but nothing in racing at that level of racing no more you don't it's, it's so much different than like late model racing or anything like that it's everything is computer based um and you really got to know how to to use that tool to your advantage to work it and and that's uh that's been the biggest part because i don't have an engineering degree and most engineers are the the ones that are really involved in that but I, I knew how important it was for me to to do that and and i've taught myself pretty well um how to navigate through all of it and, and understand it and uh that's the biggest part of racing right now is just the technology and keeping up with it and all the tools that you have to work with i think it's awesome that you are you know like you said you don't have an engineering degree but you're keeping yourself full of information to to proceed on with your career and and sounds like you're bringing up a son that's going to be we definitely know the the racing gene is in in the blood there yeah for sure i have a son named kale and he's in his senior year at clemson university as a, as a mechanical engineer so proud of that i told him you know he, he wants to race and i said son if you want to race i said if you want to be successful at it, you're going to have to have an engineering degree. If you want to work up in Charlotte and be one of the part of the bigger NASCAR teams. And and he spent some time with us. He was my tire guy uh, uh, the two summers at GMS Racing. Uh, he went to a lot of races with us and Sam. And he's going to come up and do an internship with uh, Junior Motorsports this summer. And uh, once he graduates, I don't know if he'll work there. Uh, he'll go to work there. There's a good chance he might you know we're always looking for engineers and because when they learn they move on you know some of them have the ambition to want to go cup racing and definitely cup racing uh is a bigger deal than xfinity racing it pays more a bigger opportunity for the engineers and and uh, so they come and go and so we're always looking for good people and he does have a racing background so i think he can use that to his advantage and i'm looking forward to when he gets started yeah, how awesome would it be for him to be there? And if Junior eventually moves up to Cup, as there's been talks about. Yeah, you never know. Um, they definitely talk about it. It's just getting over that, you know, the milestone of buying one of those charters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just uh, – but, yeah, that's uh, – if he wants to Cup race, I'll support him. And, and uh, But, yeah – for him to come up there and have this opportunity and and getting through his schooling that was a big thing for me is man whatever you do you just got to stick it out and get that degree because you know it's been hard for me uh all the studying and all the stuff that he has to go through to do it and uh i'm proud of him he stuck with it and and uh looks like he's gonna make it that's pretty awesome 
So uh, with all of your years of racing, cup, I mean not cup, but just everything you've done through the racing, what's your favorite racetrack? I mean, driver or crew? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I always like it. It's hard to say. I wish I would have spent more time at Greenville Pickens than I did. I got I, I got removed from it. I was trying to make it. I spent maybe two and a half seasons there. And even now when I come back, I don't recognize a lot of the people because it's changed a little bit. And, you know, but I feel proud when we come and we win a race there. Uh, even, you know, back when I was driving, when I could win a race there, watching my dad win a race there, uh, being a part of all the drivers that I've had out there the last, the few races that we've raced there the last few years and been able to win. So um, I would have to say uh, home's where you like like to race, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah it's kind of like a, I guess, a feather in the cap. And then, and then you do be out there and you and your your dad both be having, being on that famous wall is pretty, pretty yeah, cool. What does that mean to you? I mean, it means a lot. I mean, you know, you think about all the rumors about what's going to go on with Greenville Pickens Speedway. You know, I've heard people say, I'm just going to take a, uh, it would be a, I'm going to take a bulldozer out there and I'm going to cut my name out of the backstretch and take it home with me. Uh, you know, hopefully that we never see that day. Hopefully somebody comes along. Hey, hopefully I can build a car and watch my son race out there. Or I can hop in a car one day again and, uh, How cool a, would that be? Take a few now, that, laps around that it. That would be cool. That would add a lot to the history of Greenville because a lot of that's went on. But having you come back and race your son. But speaking of that, so what, I guess, what would be the most, your most favorite win or your most important to you personally moment of your racing career? Um, what stands out in your mind is like the most proud moment? So I know we've been to a lot of races. One of these race, truck races with Kyle, one of truck race with martin truex at bristol dirt um but it's it's gonna be weird um it actually come with sam Mayer at pensacola florida uh it was an arca race um at the end of the uh, 20 um 20 season uh, a lot of good drivers in the field and the reason i say that is um we dominated most of the race um they pitted and with about Mm, 20, uh, 45 laps ago, I think Ty Gibbs knocked Sam out of the way, and he didn't get back in line to about ninth. And he and if anybody's ever raced at Pensacola, they know how hard it is to pass. But he drove back all the way through the field and passed Ty for the win and uh, won the race. And the reason why I say it meant a lot, that's the last race that I seen my dad race at. He won the Snowball Derby in 1984. Wow, really? Yep, at Pensacola, Florida. That's so true. that's the last race I ever watched him race. So going back there and able to win again um, at that racetrack, it just brought back some memories. Yeah, wow, that's – I didn't know that. So your last time seeing him win was the Derby. Yep. That's one of the biggest biggest out there is the Snowball Derby. Mm-hmm. So how old were you then? 11, maybe. 11? Yep. Wow. That's – that's cool. Yeah. A lot of history to that track. So I guess that did mean a lot to you then. Yeah. Car and Victor Lane. Excuse me. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned, I think, before the show, Tommy Galloway, of course, has talked about your dad. And he he told me a story one time of um, why his hood was painted black, I believe. I forget I forget his story about that. And then, then he told me a story about um, – What's the the chassis builder here in town? Not Laughlin, but Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah. He told me a story about at Martinsville that they were on pit road and your dad was like a second faster than everybody. And everybody was, you know, snooping around trying to figure out what the deal was. Ronnie told Tommy to go get a shock out of the toolbox and drill a hole in it, drain oil out of it, and bring it over to him and they put it on the car on the left rear so it had two shocks like i guess back then they had speedway cars done that and he said after qualifying your dad sat on the pole with some blistering speed and he said everybody up and down pit road was had welders out because they had seen the two shocks on the left rear so everybody was copying what they were doing and he said really that threw everybody out in left field yeah i wouldn't doubt it there's so many even till today, I run into people that it was around my dad at that time and helped him or was a part of it. And everybody has a, a story, you know, so 
I, you know, I wouldn't doubt it one one bit at all. And you know, I know Tommy, and he's a great guy. And Tommy's helped me with my racing back when I raced at Greenville Pickens. And um, so yeah, he was around a lot. So I'm I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. Oh yeah, I always love when he he comes over. He's building an old Corvair here, and when he comes over, he's telling us he's always rattling off some old stories and stuff. So it's always neat to hear get to hear the history. What in the world was that? <laughs> it sounded like somebody just shot herself out here. Well, um, we appreciate you coming on and taking time to come in with us today. It's been it's been pretty cool to hear. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I know it's kind of a little bit all over the place with the stories, but never really sit down and thought about it or I've done anything like this uh, yet. But I I enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed just catching up with some of the people and the history around Greenville, listening to you guys' stories and. You know, seeing all the stuff that y'all have that you've collected over the years that um, it brought back a lot of memories. So, yeah, I'm glad y'all had me. I think it'd be cool one day to to get your boss man, and <laughs> I know that's impossible. But it'd be cool for because he's always interviewing everybody. Yeah, it'd be cool to have an interview with him. If if maybe you need to suggest having his guys to interview him and tell some stories, it'd be pretty cool to pretty I'm, cool to hear i'm telling you that the the little bit of time i've spent around him here lately he is definitely about the the local racing and the late model racing it's it's on his mind and and uh so you never know where all this is going to go i mean he's getting more and more involved in it so hopefully this keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs>